absolute power corrupts absolutely. Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up. Hello everyone and welcome once again to a crisp fall morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm on the East Coast and we got a crisp, perfect football weather today. I am JT. As you know, I am the master and this is the master plan. The number to call in is one three four seven six three seven three two two zero. I'll say that again. It's three four seven six three seven three two two zero. The place to be if you want to talk to the master and you know that was would be me. Grab a, your, your orange juice. Grab your decaf or your coffee. Hot chocolate. Getting that type. Getting to be that type of weather Your milk Whatever Sit back, relax You fantasy football players I'm here to try to help you Get a win today And to get up on Your competition In the up and coming weeks We're going to be talking about Studs Duds Sleepers Waiver wire pickups, a lot to cover in an hour, hour and a half that I'll be with you this morning. If you listened to me last week, okay, if you listened to what I was telling you last week, the players I was talking to, to you to pick up last week, Dennis Pitta, uh, I think Vance McDonald, some other uh, tight ends in place of... Uh, the Gronk, you reap the benefits of what I was telling you. In the one of the weakest positions to, to negotiate through was the tight end position. And I pushed some out there to you, and they paid off big time. Eat my, my, eat myself included. I was dealing with a tight end issue, and I picked up Dennis Pitta, and he gave me approximately, especially in PPR, 19 fantasy points, 19, 20 fantasy points, because he had 10 grabs for over 100 yards. Told you he was Joe Flacco's favorite weapon, and it was like... Old Holmes week with him and Joe Flacco on the on the on the, uh, uh, on the field. Uh, Dennis Pitta, when he's healthy, is it, a, a primary target for Joe Flacco. I told you they were best friends on and off the field, and it showed up. It showed up. And as long as Dennis Pitta, he wasn't on anybody's radar going into the season because. He hasn't really played any meaningful football, just like uh, Victor Cruz in two two years. 
in two seasons. And I also had told you, Victor, I didn't tell you this week, but I had on previous shows told you I thought Victor Cruz would be his old self. The Giants were patient. They took their time and let, let the player get himself as healthy as he possibly can due to all the uh, unluckiness he had with his injuries. And it's paid off now. They have one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL, in my opinion. I had talked to you before about that, uh, that offense, Ben McAdoo's offense with Eli Manning, who had his best, he had a best year last year. He, they added an a, a outstanding rookie in Sterling Shepard. Now they got Victor or Sterling Shepard in, 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 to go along with Odell Beckham in that passing attack. Deadly. Didn't show up last week. Let me put it that way. Uh, uh, Vic, uh, Odell Beckham has yet to um, score a touchdown, which is ironic because Victor Cruz and Sterling Shepard have scored touchdowns, and Odell Beckham hasn't. But that's going to change this week. We'll get to that game. Uh, there's other games on the docket. Uh, we'll get to that game. We'll get to all of them. We're going to be here. We're going to start from from the excuse me the several one o'clock games, the several four o'clock games, eight thirty game at the, the the only night game, and then also the one Monday night game. Uh, and uh, in between those, we'll sprinkle some studs, duds, sleepers. And waiver wire pickups. Okay. One game's on the books. Um, unfortunately, uh, my Houston Texans never showed up. Unfortunately, um, they got out coached. They got outplayed. Um, third string rookie quarterback doesn't make a difference with that um, Patriot uh, team. Uh, they have a solid defense. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people have uh, uh, misjudged that defense, not, not thinking it was it was it was as good as as it is. Uh, the combination of uh, the Patriots' offense and, and, and defensive uh, game plan, and the Houston Texans going to New England and doing sightseeing versus playing a football game. Uh, Contributed to a a, a a big fat zero on the Houston side of the scoreboard. Big fat zero. So they go back to Houston feeling like zeros, uh, all of them, because of the putrid, and I really do mean putrid. This is my team, but it was a putrid um, performance in front of the in front of the football nation on Thursday night. And it doesn't get any better next week because I think they next week they go go up against Denver. So we'll see what Mr. Brock Osweiler and company is made of. Um, I had said to my wife when I was watching that game before they scored, and I'm talking about New England because quite naturally nobody else scored on the Houston side. <laughs> they scored their, their first touchdown when it was 3-0. I told my wife, and this is absolutely what I said to her, I got a bad feeling about this game. I really have a bad feeling about this game. 
and I was proven right. It was it wasn't a game. It was a where the Houston Texans looked like uh, um, a college football team from Temple, and, and I'm not disparaging Temple, but I'm just saying that that's off the top of my head, a college football team at Temple, and uh, the New England Patriots were the New England Patriots. It is what it is. I'll get off that. Uh, I don't want to be ranting about my team and how bad they were because obviously everybody saw it, how bad they were. I don't need to reiterate it. Anyway, let's get to the first game where, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is going to be one of, one of uh, a pretty good game uh, where um, the Cincinnati Bengals visits the New York football Jets. Tyler Eifert is still out this week. And uh, tight end C.J. Uzuma will start for the uh, Bengals. Uh, of note, on the other side is no one uh, for the Jets. That That is of note. So uh, it's a full go for everyone uh, at the Cincinnati and, and, and the New York Jets. Now, it, if other other players come in from any of these teams, I'll be updating you, okay? I'll be updating you as much as I can on the in, inactives if they are fantasy relevant. All right, let's go to the New York Jets uh, versus uh, Cincinnati Bengals visiting the New York Jets. That's not right. That is not right. Let me re... re uh, let me. That's not right. That is way off, Jerry. Where the heck? Where the heck are you at? Where the heck are you at? Bear with me, people. Um, I got. Uh... All right, people. We're not going to the uh, Jets first. The first game on the docket, I, I didn't refresh my page for whatever reason, and, and uh, I got that totally wrong. Um, we're going to get on point. And the first point I want to make is Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals visiting the uh, 0-2 Buffalo Bills. I told you before the season that uh, Rex Ryan is on the ropes, and uh, he needs to pull out a win. And, and get his team uh, pointing in the right direction. And he definitely needs to get into the playoffs. Well, he lost the first two games, and he, now he's hosting the Arizona Cardinals with one of the best balance attacks going. They are uh, Carson Palmer, Michael Floyd, John and Jerron Brown, uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and one of the best backs in, in all of fantasy and all of football, David David uh, Johnson. That's a hell of a uh, uh, offensive attack, and I'm not even talking about the defensive side of the ball, which they have one of the better, best defenses in the league. When they're one of their best offensive weapons, one of their best offensive weapons for the Buffalo Bills will not be playing. Now get this, Sammy Watkins in pregame warm-up, got stepped on. 
and will not be playing. So you Sammy Watkins owners, don't count on Sammy Watkins to be playing in this game. He was already dealing with a foot issue. And now his foot issue is um, is saying that he's not. So Greg Salas and tight end Charles Clay are going to be used, but neither are at full strength and may be limited. This is a reeling Buffalo team going up against a team that's hungry. For another win. Now, as you've been, I've been saying for the longest, the pass defense of the Buffalo Bills under Rex Ryan has been getting torched for the last three seasons. And go, this is going into the fourth season. The last two seasons that Rex was with the um, New York Football Jets. The back end of that defense was getting torched. Last season, with the Buffalo Bills, that back end of that defense has been getting torched with a very little pass rush. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Maybe if you listen to your so-called experts, they've been jumping now saying that Rex Ryan, maybe maybe in name, but not in reality, has a very good defense. I've been saying it for the last two seasons. I've been saying it for the last two seasons. Maybe people will start to listen what I've been saying. It's obvious that Rex Ryan and his brother Rob Ryan, the two Ryan twins, ain't what they used to be in calling defenses and being able to get a defense to do, uh, uh, um, to be an effective defense, especially on the back end. Now, a lot of people have said that Rex Ryan didn't have the parts last season to implement his defense. Well, what's the excuse this this week? I mean, what's the he changed personnel? He's supposed to have gotten um, uh, personnel uh, players in place that can play his uh, defense effectively. I understand that he's got injuries. Everybody deals with injuries in the National Football League. It's inevitable. But nothing has changed. I think, just like I've been saying, the league has caught up to the Ryan defense. And uh, it's obvious up until this point that it's not going to change. And I don't think it's going to change in this, in this game. Now, if Clay is limited and uh, Greg Saddles is limited and Marquise uh, Goodwin, who – Torch Revis last week, last week is really the only uh, effective receivers in in, in the um, B- Buffalo attack. They changed offensive coordinators, and I tell you this: they changed the offensive coordinators. They they promoted the um, running backs coach. And just listen to what I'm saying, because I said this yesterday in the FSP show at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday, that the running backs coach is now the offensive coordinator. So they want to – basically, I think they want to change the philosophy in the offense. The best player is LaShawn McCoy. 
they're running. I'm, I'm pulling these pieces together. I know I've been on this for like 15 minutes or so, but I'm trying to get you to understand what I'm saying here. The uh, running backs coach is now the offensive coordinator. They want some more versatility in their offense. Tyrod Taylor likes the, the the deep ball. He wants to show off his arm. Okay, you got a big arm. So what? Are you trying to trying to show off your, your big arm, or are you trying to win football games? LeSean McCoy is going to be uh, featured more in this offense because that he's their best player. Uh, hand the ball up to LeSean. Throw the ball in short passes to LeSean. Get LeSean McCoy more involved in this offense. There's many a time, and I watched this game last week, and it was many a time that LeSean McCoy should have got the ball versus him, um, uh, Tyrod Taylor trying to push the ball down the field, uh, especially in, in third down and short. That LeSean McCoy can make plays. Look at what he, would, what he did when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. He ran the football effectively and also caught the ball effectively out of the backfield. You got a running backs coach who is now the offensive coordinator. Quite naturally, they're looking for a change of direction in the offense. LaShawn McCoy is going to be used a lot in this offense. He's going to have to because the pass defense in Arizona is very good. Patrick Peterson and Tyron, um, um, the honey badger, are no joke. And the pass rush of uh, uh, Arizona is going to be putting a lot of heat on Tyrod Taylor. That means he's got to get rid of the ball quickly. Either you throw it to your tight end or you throw it off to your running back, who is your best player on your team. If you have Michelle McCoy, I can guarantee you he's probably your best option in um, – from the Buffalo Bills. I don't like anybody else from the Buffalo Bills uh, in this game. In uh, the Buffalo Bills. Now, check this out. The Buffalo Bills are 31st in preventing fantasy points in the wide receiver position. One of the best things that the Arizona Cardinals has pushed the ball down the field. The, the running back is 20. The, the uh, preventing fantasy points for the Buffalo Bills are 21st. So they can run the football with David Johnson and they can throw the ball down the field. Carson Palmer is going to have a big day. Carson Palmer owners feel very confident going in and, and, and throwing, for, throwing for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. David Johnson, he's a no brainer. Larry Fitzgerald, he's a no-brainer. I even like Michael Floyd in here. John Brown has yet to show up this season. A lot of people pumped up John Brown, Michael Floyd. You know why? Put Michael Floyd into your lineup. You know why? Michael Floyd's in a contract year. Carson Palmer is a very good teammate. And most guys, when they are in a contract year, have one of the best seasons of their career. Carson Palmer is a good teammate. He's going to see Michael Floyd get the ball. He's going to try to push the ball to Michael Floyd, not exclusively, but he's going to make sure that Michael Floyd gets ample chances to be able to cash in on that contract. 
Guys, take care, especially if it's a quarterback and he knows his wide receiver is in the contract here. He's going to try to take care of his, his wide receiver. One hand washes the other. So put Michael Floyd, if not in your flex, uh, you know what? I think in this game, he's a wide receiver too. Guaranteed. I know I've been on, on, on the um, Arizona Buffalo for a while, but I wanted to emphasize the guys that are in um, that are fantasy relevant. You should put, get them in your lineup today. Some of them are no-brainers, and some of them uh, may not be. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, a disappointing Oakland Raider uh, team going on the road to, to face uh, the Tennessee Titans. Both these teams were highly touted as up-and-comers. In fact, Oakland was touted as winning the AFC West. Well, they, they lost last week. And uh, now they're on the road visiting Tennessee. Now they went on they win uh, uh, on the road the week they go home on a season opener and they lose that. Now they're going back on the road, and Jack Del Rio and company are going to be a uh, pissed off group playing against the Tennessee Titans. Play Derek Carr. I know the Tennessee Titans are uh, eighth in preventing fantasy points in against the quarterback position. First in running back position, 12th in the wide receiver position, and 12th in the tight end position. Meaning they have a top 15, top 10, depending on what position you're t- talking about, in preventing points in the fantasy uh, in fantasy football. But I like. Uh, uh, Amari Cooper in there. Quite natural. You got to play Amari Cooper. I, I really like Amari Cooper. Um, and a and sleeper in here, uh, maybe not for some, but for me, is uh, uh, Michael Crabtree and uh, uh, Clive Walford. Uh, Derek Carr likes to spread the ball around. I see him throwing for a couple touchdowns. Okay. I, I, I like Latavius Murray, but in a very light way. I think he can get double digits, but uh, barely. Okay, so he's an RB2 in my position, in my uh, opinion. He's an RB2. On the other side of the ball, the Oakland Raiders, the vaunted Oakland Raiders defense has been absolutely horrible. Okay? 32nd. They're they're the absolute worst in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback and wide receiver position. Meaning, in the past, and and 26th in the tight end. So, you know what? If you want to, if you want to get the best of the Oakland Raiders defense, you got to throw the ball. The quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end position has to be used uh, early and often. Uh, what's that tell me? That tells me that uh, I like Marcus Mariota to throw for over 300 yards. In my opinion, Marcus Mariota is a QB one, and if in two quarterback leagues, you got to put him in your lineup because this defense. Playing this defense, Oakland, I'm talking about, and the Tennessee Titans are playing home, are going to give up a, a, a bunch of yards in the in uh, in passing offense that uh, Tennessee has. Now, Tennessee likes to run the football, so I think DeMarco Murray, um, because the Oakland Raiders are only 19th in preventing fantasy points in the running back position, so they're not too good in, in preventing 
any kind of fantasy points for any of the positions that we're talking about. De- DeMarco Murray uh, should be in your lineup. He's uh, RB1 here. I-, I think there's points plenty for um, the skill positions in, in the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I like uh, Ta- Tajay Sharp. The rookie, young rookie, has been the favorite target. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. They've gotten a rapport, meaning Tajay Sharp and Marcus Mariota, ever since the preseason that um, they um, some, some quarterbacks and wide receivers just click, and this rookie has clicked with Marcus Mariota. And um, I think he can get the best of this uh, Oakland Raider defense. Um, and uh, so you got to put him in the lineup. Tajay Sharp is a wide receiver, too. Uh, with a lot of upside to possibly be in a wide receiver one. Kendall Wright's a game-time decision along with Delaney Walker. So I know Delaney Walker is one of the favorite targets. He was the leading receiver last year for the Tennessee Titans. But if he's not effective, then you got to go in a different direction and, and look for uh, tight ends in a, in a different direction. And um, – So that's what I'm saying about that game. Let's move on to a battle of the NFC East. Last year's NFC East champion, the up-and-coming Giants, who are undefeated so far this year, uh, the Washington Redskins versus the um, New York football Giants in in, uh, Metro uh, uh, Life Field in um, um, what Sea Caucus, I guess you should say. Uh, Kirk Cousins, who's been reeling, who has also been, um, uh, I wouldn't say ostracized, but his teammates supposedly were absolutely screaming about him uh, uh, and uh, his play last last week. Now, Rashad Jennings has a small cast on the last hand. I think he may not be playing um, in this game. Um so it's probably going to be a, a running back by committee. That means uh, Shane Vereen, who I'm not really big on, but he's big on in, in the passing games of PPR. He may be big on. Um, but let's, let's talk about the Washington Redskins first. Kirk Cousins is not a good play. $200 million is what the Giants spent on their defense. And, and, and from what I can see from the first two games, uh, looks like that was a solid investment that they um, put in to get the players that they needed to shore up that Steve Spagnuolo defense. In comes the Washington Redskins with a quarterback whose confidence is shaken and a locker room in the Washington Redskins who has, in my opinion, a bunch of jailhouse lawyers. Okay, because they complained about RG3. Now they complain about uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, I think there's a lot of guys in Washington's locker room that should not be on that team. I really believe that. I think they, these guys will bail out on you in a minute if you, you, you don't have a good game or not playing well and ready to point the finger at you. Um, instead of trying to pick up the play and, and be a unified uh, teammate, 
And uh, I think there's a few players on that team that should not be on the team. And I can almost guarantee you after the end of the season, the players that won't be returning, and I think one of them is in a contract year, will not be there. Um, who do I want to play here? Deshaun Jackson. I think um, he's one of the dissenters, but um, I still think that Kirk Cousins is going to try to get the ball to him in a, in a big way. Uh, in a, even a bigger way, is their tight end, who's a playmaker and a hard cover for anybody on the defense that, that's a linebacker or a safety, and even a corner. Um, Jordan Reed is a matchup nightmare, and all three of those defensive positions have a hard time covering this guy because he's so athletic and in a tight end position. So I really like Jordan Reed. Uh, Kirk Cousins likes throwing to him. He's a safe throw. Um, because he's tight end in, in, in the middle of the field and he can he can make plays and d- does a lot. He's very versatile in that uh, offense. Don't like any of the running backs in this game. Um, and, and if I was to pick another one that may be a sleeper, I'd go with Jamison Crowder. But I couldn't guarantee that he'd be a three four, maybe a four or five wide receiver, uh, and maybe get double digits in PPR. But um, he's a, I want to say a long shot. But um, he's nothing guaranteed. On the other side of the ball, uh, I don't think Rashad Jennings is going to play in this game. And that would be, like I said, Shane Vereen. And the Giants' running game hasn't been all that effective anyway. So what I'm saying here is uh, if you're in dire need, if you're scrambling because you have no other choice because of all the injuries to the running back position, um, you could take a Hail Mary and put Shane Vereen in there because he's going to be involved in the passing game uh, in, in, in the uh, giant attack. He's, he's already in the passing game, and now he's going to probably have to carry the pill because Rashad Jennings uh, will not be in the game or won't be effective uh, because of his uh, limitation um, due to his injury. Odell Beckham, fan, Odell Beckham owners, uh, I haven't, don't have to tell you to play him. Um, but I'm telling you, the sleeper here is uh, the rookie. Um, he's definitely in your flex. He could even be into your wide receiver position because that Ben McIndoo offense spreads the ball around. And that, like I said, it's probably one of the best trio of uh, wide receivers in the NFL. <coughs> and the only one in the Giants offense in the passing game who hasn't scored a touchdown is Odell Beckham. Josh Norman is supposed to supposedly, and I can't, you can't guarantee this, um, guard him all over the field, but I kind of doubt it. One way or the other, he, he really got the best of him, even though he didn't capitalize completely on him, even though he did score one touchdown last, last time they played each other. I still think that all three of these guys has a nice visit into the friend zone, the end zone. Or touchdown. All right, let's move on to the next game on the docket, and that would be – do I really have to talk about this game? Yes, because it's a fantasy football relevant. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns, the winless Cleveland Browns, going up against the Miami Dolphins, uh, and the Miami Dolphins uh, uh, are going to be going up against a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, with their first, his first start. Cody Kessler takes over. 
Uh, Corey Coleman is out. Um, and Josh McGowan is out quite naturally. And uh, on the other side, Miami, Aaron Forster is not, is not, uh, is out. And then, and, and for those who are scrambling, you probably already heard the news, but I'm telling you right now, grab him, grab him, grab him. I had looked at this guy um, in the preseason, and I liked this guy. Um, I just didn't think he would be able to get an opportunity at, at this soon. Uh, but it looks like Kenyon Drake, Drake, excuse me, Kenyon Drake is uh, uh, going to be the running back to get the start here. They're not too happy about Jay Ajay. He didn't, like I said, he didn't make the trip the first game because he wasn't too happy about not be, being in the starting lineup uh, and uh, um, Arian Foster. And they haven't liked him that much in practice. Kenyon Drake uh, looks like he's going to be the guy. Uh, I would grab him. Now, he's a – let me put it this way. He's got a ton of upside. He has a ton of upside in this game. And I, I think this kid is going to, if given an ample opportunity, should be able to seize a larger part of the running back position um, because Arian Foster is a um, injury waiting to happen. And uh, let me bring in my uh, 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 my man, uh, um, McCall, who uh, stopped in for a short time last week and doing the same this week. What's up, my man? How you been? What's up, man? How's it going? How you feel? Okay, I feel fine, man. <laughs> I feel you fine, sure? man. I mean, I'm sh- you sure? I-, I thought you was a little sick from them donuts that came from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> man, I- man, let me tell you something. Uh, 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 you know, I was hot, hot. That that that's that's an understatement. I was thoroughly disappointed and, and thoroughly heated. Uh, the the uh, uh, performance, my boys. Well, I wasn't saying performance. That wasn't even a performance. They just looked like they just uh, uh, made an appearance. Say here we are, but we're not ready to play football. Let me put it that way. They just lay down. Oh man, they, uh, they... go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. you know they, they they can't they don't like those boys over there in Boston, and I. And I was like, you know, I was like that for a long time, but you gotta respect the dude, man. You gotta Ooh. respect him. Ooh. He got a Ooh. third. I'm saying, dude, he got a third string quarterback. They about to trot out a fourth string Edelman to quarterback, dude. Right. If they yep. win, come on, man. Come on, man. You gotta give it to him. Third, third string, third string third. rookie. Quarterback, third rookie quarterback, rookie quarterback. Mhm. Rookie. And, he, and and the rookie quarterback only threw for 103 yards. So how bad is that? How mm-hmm. bad is that? I mean, mm-hmm. got thoroughly got thoroughly 
and, and I have to admit it, he got thoroughly outcoached. Thoroughly. Houston, Texas got thoroughly outcoached, not even in the same league. Oh, my God. Not oh, my even, God. Not even close. Not even close. Oh, my Oh my God! Not and it wasn't close. like it, it wasn't just like it was the defense, or the offense, or the special teams. All three of them, they they just yep. handled handled it, handled my mm-hmm. team, man. I'm, I was like, mm-hmm. you got to be kidding me! You got to be kidding me! Yeah, I, I was I was thoroughly surprised. I thought it was, you know, I thought he was gonna have them coached up, and I thought they were gonna play with a whole lot of heart, you know. Right. And it'd yep. probably have been a nail biter, and y'all would have found out a way to get them, you right. know. Nope. 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 You're right. Nope. Anyway, let me let me get back to what I was talking about, the uh, Miami Dolphins and Cleveland Browns. Uh, Played in Miami, Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to feast on the no defense, really, the Cleveland Browns. They got a lot of issues, and I think the the Miami Dolphins need a – uh, well, let me put it this way. This is a good break for them in the schedule. Now, I know it's, it's, a no, it's not a no-brainer because the Cleveland Browns are an NFL team and anything can happen, quite obviously. But uh, the Miami Dolphins, with that defense that they have, should be able to handle uh, the Cleveland Browns and a rookie, another rookie quarterback. There have been a lot of rookie quarterbacks coming up and playing uh, early in the season, and this is just another one. And uh, Cody Kessler going up against the Miami defense in Miami, um, his first start, mm. m- most rookie quarterbacks in their first start on the road don't do well. And I don't I, – especially against a, a good defense that's supposed to be what the Miami Dolphins have. So I see Ryan Tannehill throwing for uh, at least a couple, possibly three, three touchdowns in this game because they're going to exploit the uh, backside of that Cleveland defense. Jarvis Landry is a no-brainer to me. Devontae Parker is a no-brainer to me. And this boy from, I think he's from Georgia, who's supposedly going to get the start, and I told you about this uh, uh, earlier, that uh, Kenyon Drake, um, who uh, is, uh, I think he's from Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Or he could be from Alabama. Maybe he's from Alabama. Um, that he's going to be able to um, uh, uh, have a, uh, a a nice outing, maybe not a breakout outing, but I like him a lot going against the, the Cleveland defense. On the other side of the ball, Cody Kessler, are you kidding me? Against this defense, <laughs> against this, against this Miami defense playing at home, playing at home. Uh, I gotta I like believe that. Jackson, but- I like Hugh Jackson, but I don't think it's going to be another uh, <laughs> Patriots. I know I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think Isaiah Crowell is probably the only guy I'm talking about owning here. Is 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 the, is the Isaiah Crowell because Miami can be run on, even though they do have a good defense. They're they're twenty. Uh, they're sixteenth. They're middle of the pack exactly. In the middle of the pack in preventing fantasy points in the running back position. They could be had in the passing part of the uh, um, of our offense, but we're talking about Cody Kessler and being able to pass to Andrew Hawkins, Terrell Pryor, or Gary Barnage. Now, I always said the the, the best um, friend of a 
young, inexperienced quarterback is a tight end. Safe throw, middle of the field. But I don't think that Cody Kessler is going to be able to um, play effectively against this um, Miami defense in Miami. That that if it was at home, I would give him a better chance because he it, it's friendly confines of his own stadium. Um, but he, he's on the road in Miami, and uh, he doesn't have an all-star support in the Cleveland Browns. So um, offensive line is suspect, and he doesn't like I said have any all all-star wide receivers. You got to wait a couple more weeks uh, before uh, uh, Josh Norman. I mean, excuse me, Josh Norman. Um, Josh Gordon gets back on the field to help in any um, wide receiver position. But uh, I'll leave Mikel to tell me who you think he's going to win, which is a no-brainer to me in this in yeah, this uh, I, matchup. I'm gonna go with Miami. I think I think Miami Miami will get them by at least six or seven. Something like that. They'll figure out a way to snag one from them. I think uh, Cleveland will play hard, but uh, I'm not. I'm not impressed right now. It's going to take him. It's going to take him this this year to figure things out. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. It, it's always ironic, man. It's always ironic when. Uh, you call because right about when you call is when I talk about the team that's near you uh, in uh, um, ge- ge- geographics. And I'm talking about the Baltimore uh, Ravens visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars, which should be a very interesting game. Um, Joe Flacco uh, showed out last week. Uh, I also told you people that his, his uh, BFF, his, his, and it's a BFF on and off the field in Dennis Pitta. Uh, was a good alternative from the Ron Gronkowski and Dennis Pitt has showed out. And I think he'll be able to show out again because as long as Pitt is healthy, he's going to get a lot of looks for Joe Flacco. He likes throwing to Dennis Pitt, big target, middle of the field, and, and he can rely on Dennis Pitt. There's not too many options in the Baltimore Ravens um, uh, uh, receiving core that uh, Joe Flacco is really feeling. I mean, he had the big play wide receiver who showed some versatility last last week uh, in Mike Wallace, and I think Mike Wallace is a wide receiver three, four, somewhere around there. You probably can use him in the flex because I think he's going to get the ball to him. He's going to try to get him downfield. Um, and but that's about the only thing that I would even even guarantee uh, Joe Flacco. Throwing for a couple touchdowns in here, and Mike Wallace, Dennis Pitta being those um, recipients of the touchdowns. On the other side of the ball, T.J. Yeldon hasn't been a a, a, a gangbuster type of running back, and Chris Ivory is coming back. He's probably going to be uh, phased into the uh, uh, running back position, but they didn't grab Chris Ivory from free agency to have uh, him be the to the uh, Robin to T.J. Yeldon's Batman. I think that as, as the next few weeks progress, that Chris Ivory, as long as he shows that he's in football shape and game shape, will take over the majority of those carries. But for this, this, this week, I think it's T.J. Yeldon. Uh, and I see him getting into the end zone, um, maybe 
10, 10, 11, maybe 12 points in the running back position. And uh, because Baltimore does uh, have a decent, not really good, but a decent running back defense. They're best uh, defending against the quarterback and wide receiver. But Jacksonville's playing at home. And the law firm of Bortles, Robinson, and Hearns are going to get back on track against this team um, in, from, from Baltimore. Uh, I like Bortles to throw for 300 yards. I think he's going, to, he's going to light up Baltimore. Baltimore is not a big comeback team. They, have, they, they rely on running the football and, and, and um, make, make a big splash plays. I think if you get up on Baltimore, uh, even though Baltimore came back on Cleveland, Cleveland's a different defense than this uh, Jacksonville defense, especially at home. Um, so I like uh, uh, Allen Robinson <clears throat> excuse me, and Allen Hearns to have uh, 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 about five or six catches, 80 to 100 yards in this game. But um, I'm going to leave it up to um, Mr. Uh, uh, I'll leave it up to McCall to, to tell me who he thinks is going to win this game. Ooh, it's going to be an ugly game, man. These boys, Baltimore's got to come. They got to come. They got to get down there and go to work. They really mm-hmm. do. They really do because they're going to be behind. I don't. I've never been impressed with Jacksonville, man. I just haven't. I just can't. I can't. I can't. Maybe it's the new helmets or something. I don't know. I just can't get with them. Um, but the boy Bortles is nice, you know. Um, um, but I'm, I'm going to have to go Baltimore. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know that, I think we talked about this last week. The, the, one of the teams that have been jacked up, or hyped up or whatever, is Jacksonville because of all the, all the work and all the um, cap money they spent on their defense. And they, uh, uh, the so-called experts pumped them up as being a contender for the AFC South. I don't see it that way. And I think you talked about this last week. They got to prove it to me. They got to show me that they're the type of team that is a, a, a contending type of team. And um, they haven't shown that to me. They show me like they're the same old Jacksonville um, even with, with a, uh, good offensive weapons, but their defense is still um, a work in progress. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, 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 feel, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, uh, I've been waiting for Jacksonville to prove it to me since what? <laughs> Mark Brunel and Brasselli. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've you did. I've been waiting for them to prove it to me. <laughs> I mean, but uh, seriously, I mean, you know, this team is like, you know, the smallest market in the NFL, and, you know, they they just keep pumping them up, and yep. I, I see nothing. I I, yep. I haven't seen anything. I yep. really haven't. I hear you. All right, let's move on to a NFC North um, showdown where um, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers uh, prevented from getting um, swept in the season series between the two, Detroit and Green Bay, with a Hail Mary that the Green Bay pulled out. And I didn't know the statistic until I <clears> – <throat> either read it or saw it on TV, that Green Bay didn't win one of their conference games at home. That's, you know, when's the last, 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 last season? 
They didn't win one of their conference games at home. So they played four conference games at home and didn't win any of them. I don't know when, when the last that ever happened, but uh, Detroit, they, they've got to be pretty confident. Uh, they, they've turned around their offense. Their defense is not that bad. They don't have that stigma of coming into Lambeau Field and expecting to lose um, anymore. I think they're pretty confident they can hang with this Green Bay offense and quite naturally the defense. And Green Bay's offense hasn't been um, the Green Bay offense uh, all last season and in the first two games of this season. So we'll have to wait and see if, if, if Aaron Rodgers, who coined the phrase, relaxed to the Green Bay um, fans two seasons ago, is going to be able to bring re, re uh, um, reinvent, maybe relax or whatever, and, and bring out that uh, offense that has been so vaunted uh, and been so hailed in the Green Bay. Um, this is to me, to me, this has all the ear, ear makings of a a shootout. Uh, Matthew Stabbitt and and I think Jim Bob Cooper, Cooter, or whatever the heck his name is, the offensive coordinator. That op, that <laughs> offense has been clicking ever since he took over as the offensive coordinator. And uh, I expect Matthew Stafford to have a decent day today, throwing the football. Uh, Theo Riddick is now going to be the uh, starting back. But this is what I want to tell you, people. This is another rookie running back that I think is going to make a name for himself because Amir Abdullah is on injury reserve. He's not going to come back for uh, a few weeks. And uh, Dwayne Washington is supposed to take over. Um, I don't say he's going to take over the Amir Abdullah's position, but he's going to be the uh, uh, running back that I would think you would want to look at. Now, I know theoretically is good in, in the – in PPR, but he's not a between the tackles type of running back. Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Washington is six one. <laughs> excuse me, six one, two hundred twenty three pounds, and I expect him to see a bigger role. Um, he uh, he ran for thirty two yards on the score in just six carries last week. So if you are looking for a running back, and I know some people have run out there and got him, grab this guy because I think he's going to make a name for himself. Against this Green Bay team, um, even though they're, they're top five in preventing fantasy points against a running back position, um, this kid's 223, 6'1", can run between the tackles. He, he can catch the ball, but Theoretic is really the one that, that you, they use to catch the ball. Theoretic is not that type of back. He's got to be in space to be effective. But Dwayne Washington, as the, as the weeks go by, I think is going to have a bigger role. Um, than most people think. Passing part of this, um, Green Bay is 27th in preventing fantasy points in the, in the uh, t- tight end position. And I see Eric Ebron, who is, uh, was limited on Thursday because of his back, but had a full practice on Friday and will play this week despite uh, him being questionable, is um, probably going to be a prime target. Uh, and has been a prime target, one of the prime tar- tar- targets of Matthew Stafford. I like Marvin Jones and also in here, who's, who's, who's gotten the uh, uh, most targets of any of the wide receivers uh, in this um, um, 
uh, attack in Detroit, and I told you about Marvin Jones uh, in the preseason. I thought he would be a uh, sleeper uh, and uh, be a uh, guy going to fly on the radar, but he's not flying on the radar anymore because he's he's getting the most targets. Most people thought it was going to be Golden Tate. Uh, I thought it was going to be Marvin Jones, and I've been uh, I'm right about that. So I like Marvin Jones to be definitely a flex uh, with the upside to be a wide receiver too in here. Quite naturally, on the other side of the ball, you're going to play Aaron Rodgers because you can, you can throw on this on this Detroit um, uh, defense, 29th in preventing fantasy points in the quarterback position. They're low, they're better uh, in the running back and wide receiver, 18th and 13th, and they absolutely are weak against the tight end position, they're 32nd. So what's that tell you? Well, I think that uh, uh, Randall Cobb um, is probably wide receiver 3-4, believe it or not. Um, he hasn't been as effective as most people thought he would be. Uh, Jordy Nelson is working his way back from ACL. But each week that goes on, Jordy Nelson is getting that much better. And, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have that much more confidence in throwing to Jordy, his, one of his favorite targets than Jordy Nelson. And I see Jordy Nelson getting about six or seven catches, 70 yards, and, 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 and a uh, visit into the friend zone right along with another tight end that I see uh, because of the defense that uh, Detroit doesn't have against a tight end position, Jared Cook, who's been getting quite a few targets. Um, um, even he's got, he had, he, I think he's more athletic than Richard Rogers. So I'm thinking he's going to get four or five catches and 40, 50 yards. And uh, he likes Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about likes throwing to the tight end position. Close into uh, closer to the uh, uh, um, red zone that Jared Cook gets a visit also. Who do you like winning this game there, Macau? I have no idea. Wow. No idea at all. I mean, because, you know, I, I didn't know that stat that Green Bay hadn't won a conference game at home. But nope. they sure beat up on the Redskins. <laughs> they sure whooped up on the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Um, not a conference, guys, a division game. I should say a division game, not a conference game, a division game. Yeah, they right. they didn't win they, a division they, game at home. Right, right. They didn't win a division game. I mean, yeah, I knew what you mm-hmm. meant. I knew what you meant. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, they show they show whooped up on them skins. But uh, you got Detroit over there. They figuring it out, and that offense yep. looks pretty good, even though they yep. don't have uh, Calvin Johnson anymore. But uh, um, you know, Matt Stafford is pretty good when he, you know, he's got a good offense around him. He can sling that ball, and you can't never count out Aaron Rodgers. So this is gonna be a good game to just sit back and watch. If you're a real mm-hmm. good football fan, this is gonna be a real good game to watch. Speaking that of a real everywhere, go ahead. Yep. Speaking of a real good game to watch, the next one o'clock game is in. <clears throat> a state that starts with O and ends with O in Ohio, where Denver visits the Cincinnati Bengals going with uh, Trevor Simeon, who uh, is going to play his first road game uh, in the, in the uh, beautiful state of Ohio and the city of Cincinnati uh, with uh, Andy Dalton uh, going up against that vaunted defense. Um, the the uh, Denver Broncos, are 16th and 13th in preventing fantasy points in the running back position. 
and they're number one in preventing fantasy points in the wide receiver position. Now, in order to offset that, you would think that the um, Cincinnati Bengals should be running the football, where they have been going, like I think, between close to 70% passing the football versus running, because their running has been virtually ineffective. But in order to compete with this Denver defense and not fall prey to having to throw the football, I think they would have to get Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill involved in the running game and being able to try to run the football to offset the pass rush of the Denver Broncos. So do I say play Jeremy Hill? More than likely, if you draft the J- Jeremy Hill, you draft him as an RB2. So you got him in that position. Um, and I would think that a, a, a big back versus a, I would say, a scat back um, in Jack Giovanni Bernard would be more effective against the running uh, against the Denver defense. Um, and I would play, say, Jeremy Hill as your RB2. Giovanni Bernard could be used in a flex position. If you have A.J. Green, um, I would say temper your expectations. I know you heard that before, but this is one of the best, if not the best, pass defenses, especially on the back end with Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris, that uh, A.J. Green may now have another uh, subpar week like he had last week. And Andy Dalton is going to get a nice pass rush even though DeMarcus Ware is not there, he won't be there for a few weeks because of a broken form. Uh, Von Miller is going to be moved all over the field to prevent double teaming. And uh, that could free up other guys that may not have been in, in the box score before, or may not have big names to uh, take a, and exploit that offensive line uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the only guy, the only guy, whether it's Tyler Croft or C.J. Uzma, and who are they? I'm talking about the tight end position for the Cincinnati Bengals. Safest throw for a quarterback, especially against a big pass rush, get rid of the ball quick, is in the tight end position. And those are two of the Cincinnati Bengals tight ends, Tyler Croft and C.J. Uzma. If I had a choice of who I wanted to use, even though Uzma may be starting the game, the more effective guy catching the football is Tyler Croft. And I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to have a big game, but if you're hurting on the tight end position because of Antonio Gates, Gronk is, has already played. So Gronk owners probably used Gronk because he was a starter and got a big goose egg. Now you're suffering for it. For it. But Antonio Gates, and then we'll get to that game, is not going to be playing uh, because of a hamstring. And uh, this may be an alternative. I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to have a big day, but it would only make sense that you would you, that the, the tight end is going to be used uh, um, a lot because uh, Denver is 20th. That's the worst position they have in a passing game. That uh, um, they're 20th in preventing fantasy points out of the tight end position, and this would be a I would say, oh, yeah, desperation move if you're not able to get any, any, anybody else. 
that you get Tyler Croft on the other side of the ball. Now you got Trevor Simeon. Cincinnati's defense is, is not to sneeze at either. And they're playing home. And they want a win. And they want to uh, uh, make a statement going up against the world champions. Every time you play the world champions, that's your barometer of how good your football team is. You, get, you give it your best shot. Uh, I, I think they, quite naturally, Denver likes to run the football, and I think they can run the football against Cincinnati, um, who is um, 24th in preventing fantasy points in the running back position. Um, and I think they're, they're going to want to run the one, excuse me, going to run, going, going to want to run the football a lot with C.J. Anderson. I think he's, he's definitely RB1 in this situation. He's going to be used in the passing and the running game. Um, but I have to be suspect on Emmanuel Sanders and Damaris Thomas, who's still dealing with uh, 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 a uh, injured hip and may not be as effective as uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Simeon likes throwing Emmanuel Sanders, his favorite target, to believe that um, in the passing game, it's going to be lacking and C.J. Anderson's going to be uh, featured. What's your thoughts on who's going to win this game? This is going to be a good game, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. It's going to be a good game. It is a toss-up. I ain't even – I'm not getting in that. <laughs> I'm leaving that alone. Wow. You mean you're bailing out on me, man? <laughs> really? Yeah, man. I'm going to have to bail on that one. Okay. I'm going to have to bail on that one. I mean, because you got – I mean, you got Denver with no quarterback, but the defense, and they are very well coached. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, the Bengals, who are, who are pretty good coach. You know, they they pretty well coach, and it's the regular season, so this is their playoff time. So they'll be mm-hmm. playing hard. So um, it's going to be a good game, man. It's just I, I, I would give the slight edge to Cincinnati, but I don't want to be reported saying that. I really don't. <laughs> don't put me on record. <laughs> you no problem. No problem. Okay. <laughs> We we got a bunch of good games this week, man. Because the next game I'm going to bring up is Minnesota at Carolina, and uh, a Adrian Peterson less Minnesota. Uh, the quarterback, excuse me, the running back position is going to be um, uh, running back by committee. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, who's going to get a start this week against uh, and then Matt Asiata, uh, who can vulture uh, touchdowns from Jarek McKinnon. Um, I said this once, and I'll say it again. Uh, behind the best, or one of the best of all time, in Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's due to be out three to four months with uh, um, his meniscus. They put him on injury reserve, dog. He's yeah, done. yeah, yeah. So um, I think no, he's on injury reserve. I think he's eligible to come back in week eleven or twelve or something like that. So oh, okay. anyway, okay. Anyway, anyway. Um, I said this before, and I'll say it again. Given it, given a chance, I think Jarek McKinnon is going to surprise a lot of people. Now, I'll put that on record. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. He sat behind AP uh, last year as a rookie, um, and now he's he's um, second year, and and I think that this kid has helped figure it out, uh, become more patient, uh, been able to to to. Um, uh, read the book on how to be a, a running back, and uh, uh, as long as he's given a fair chance, I think he'll he'll show out a lot better 
than most people think. Now he's going up against Carolina. And I can't say Carolina can't be run on because um, Carlos Hyde did a pretty good job last week um, against the uh, uh, Carolina. And uh, I, in my opinion, uh, Minnesota's got a, a better, probably a better running attack. I'm not saying he, Carlos Hyde, I mean, McKinnon is a better running back than uh, um, um, Jared McKinnon. I mean, Jarek McKinnon is a better running back than Carlos Hyde. What I'm saying is they got a better uh, running attack. Their, 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 their offense is built on running the football. Minnesota, I'm talking about. So I'm thinking that uh, as long as um, given a fair chance, and I have to em- emphasize this because last year they were pulling this kid back and out, out quite a bit, quite a few times, and, and Matt Alziata was taking over in, in certain times where I thought they should have used McKinnon. I like him in this role. Um, I think he can, and this is a bold statement here. This is a bold statement because they're going to run, want to run the football and play sound defense because these are two very good defensive teams. I think Jerk McKinnon, 80 yards against this Carolina defense, given a, a opportunity at 80 yards. And I'm thinking he can possibly get into the end zone for the simple fact is, there's a there's a wide receiver on here. As long as he's healthy, because he came up on the injury report as having a I think a hamstring issue or whatever it was. That um, uh, Stephon Diggs, um, who I talked about last last year, and uh, he only had a, he had a short run uh, playing well last year. Then he tailed off near the end of the year. <clears throat> Has gotten a connection with um, uh, Sam Bradford. Who, who he can throw the ball deep down the field and is an accurate um, passer, believe it or not, when given the opportunity to be able to, to step into his throws. Best team he's been on since he's been in the league. I'm talking about Sam Bradford. Now, I'm not saying Sam Bradford going against Carolina is going to have an um, all-pro day. Um, most people don't against, Car- um, against Carolina. But uh, I think Stephon Diggs can uh, – 10, 11 points. Um, um, I think Carolina is, 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 is the better team here, but uh, uh, they're one of the teams. You know, it's ironic that, that some of these teams, big-name team like Denver, is, is weak against the uh, um, tight end position, and so is Carolina. And, and I, I think we talked about this last, last week, that some of these teams that have big-time tight ends their defense is weak against the tight end. And I think that Carolina yeah. can be explo- exploited um, in the, against the tight end position. I think Sam Bradford being able to get Rudolph, who's a big target, just like Greg Olson is a big target for Cam Newton, that uh, Kyle Rudolph is going to be effective in this game because of the pass rush of the Carolina Panthers. Short throw, get the ball out of your hand, and, and, and get a um, – just move the chains. And I think Carl Rudolph is, is, is definitely a good play here. Stephon Diggs, you got to put him in your lineup. Um, but I would temper my expectations here. Greg Olson is another one that you definitely got to put him in the lineup. One of Cam Newton's favorite targets. Been like that for the last three year, three seasons, including this one. Kelvin Benjamin is, is turning out to be a beast. A guy who you can't cover. He's so big and with a huge catch radius. He's so big. He's like he built like a tight end, but he's a wide receiver. 
No one has been able to cover this guy. Cam Newton gets the ball within his vicinity. Kelvin Benjamin is going to take it away, plain and simple. So you know Kelvin Benjamin is definitely play here. Um, uh, Jonathan Stewart's not going to be playing. It's going to be a combination of Fozzie Whitaker and Cameron Artis Payne. I think Cameron Artis Payne is the, the starter, but Fozzie Whit- Whitaker is probably the, the most versatile out of both of them. You can use Fozzie Whitaker in the flex, um, um, but both these defenses are pretty tough against each other. Who you like in this game, man? Or are you going to bail out on me again? <laughs> no, nah, I ain't going to bail out on you on this one. I'm going with Cam in there, but uh, I, is Norvell still running that offense up there? Yes, he is. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with you that Sam Bradford finally has uh, an offense. You know, he, he's away from Jeff Fisher, who's Offense is god awful. Yep. And Chip Kelly just totally ruined the man's career and them funky Philadelphia fans. Oh my god, <laughs> they just destroyed him. Yep. But uh yeah, this is this is the best opportunity he's had. But this guy is I swear he gets so many chances. Like, I mean, I just wish other quarterbacks get as many chances as he's getting cuz he just keeps on coming back and resurfacing and resurfacing and resurfacing and now he's resurfaced again and uh Bridgewater better he better be careful he better be careful he better be careful when he comes back he better come back and he better be throwing lights out when he comes back he really is because Sam is trying to play for that contract he's trying to play for money and he's trying to play for his position he got oh, yeah. everything. He got everything to, uh, to gain and nothing to lose. He yep. really don't. So I expect him to come out here slinging this ball today. I really do. But yep. I'm going. I'm not going against Cam, man. I mean, I'm not. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I hear can't you. Can't do it. I, I hear you. All right, let's move on to a, a, another game here, and this is the first four o'clock game. Um, I got to talk about this game because it's fantasy relevant, um, but um, this is a tough game to deal with. I'm talking about the L.A. Rams visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who got thoroughly – I told you, I told you last week they were going to get thoroughly yeah, trounced. You told me. You told <laughs> and, me. And, and, and Jameis got handed. The whole team got themselves handed to, to themselves um, by an angry Arizona team. Uh, but I think going home, uh, playing against this uh, uh, L.A. Ram team that hasn't scored a touchdown in the first two games, even though they've won, they're one and one, they beat their their, their uh, division rival Seattle Seahawks, who they always play well. Um, they always play well against them for whatever reason. Um, uh, now they they go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in southern in, in southern Florida. Well, in, I would say Southern Florida. In Florida, I should say. Northern Florida. Anyway, um, Todd Gurley. Oh, my God. Um, you know what? Most people, because the Tampa Bay is 27th preventing fantasy points in the running back position, but most people think that Todd Gurley is not going to do that well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, he's faced Seattle, and he's faced the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, who have better defenses 
than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my opinion. Tampa Bay playing home. Tampa Bay knows that, just like the other two teams that the L.A. Rams played, that the L.A. Rams passing game is not that uh, to be scared of. So they're going to stack the box with eight and nine-man fronts. Todd Gurley says he, sees, he looks like he sees 12 people at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and that, that, that's a direct quote from, from Todd Gurley. It's not like I said that. That's a direct quote. He says he looks like he sees 12 people at the line of scrimmage. It. I like yeah. that young and I believe he said it. I think I think if Jeff Fisher wants to uh uh it, let me put it this way. If Jeff Fisher uh wants to keep his job, he better be more imaginative trying to get the ball to the best player. A too predictable and too restrictive in the offense that you got to open it up. You got to be able to get your, your your player, your best player, if he's having trouble running the football. Right naturally, you got to try to do something in the passing game, but you also have to put, get your best player um, in space, meaning you dump off to your best player either to the left or right, uh, and, and have him try to try to make the best of it in space to try to open up um, running lanes. Uh, they're too predictable for one. And I think they're going to try to get this guy more involved in the offense than just running the football. He can catch the ball. They just, for whatever reason, don't decide to bring in Benny Cunningham or some other guy to try to catch the football out of the backfield when that's too predictable. When you got to, if you got your best weapon, you got to be able to use him in more ways than one to, to, to get him um, to move the trains. So I think Todd Gurley is going to get at least a, a, a total of 100 yards, passing game and a running game. And I, I do believe they get their first touchdown with Todd Gurley. Um, the only other guy, now I can't even guarantee this. I know they've been like throwing it to Kenny Britt, but um, Case Keenum is not a big-time quarterback. He's a game manager at best, and uh, they, they, they know he's limited and I think they're going to try to get as many passes off quickly to his wide receivers and his most um, reliable is Kenny Britt. And Tavon Austin is their jack-of-all-trades. They're going to try to get Tavon Austin involved, but he hasn't been. Um, this is a pretty bad offense. Um, but they have to be imaginative because the way the offense and, and the um, skill players they have, they got to be imaginative. They can't be predictable. They can't. Go buy the book because the book doesn't apply when you got when you're out manned on the other side of the ball. On the other side, quite naturally, they have a good defense. Quite now, I'm talking about L.A. and Jameis has to take care of the football. And I see him throwing for 250 yards. I don't. He's not a QB one this this week. Um, I, I Doug Martin is out. Charles Sims is the man. And Charles Sims is going to give you 15 fantasy points between running the football and um, uh, catching the football. His, his forte is catching the football, but he's going to be he's going to be the man. He's starting it this 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 time, so he he's probably going to catch more than he than he runs, uh, but it's going to equate to about 15 fantasy points. Uh, quite naturally, you you play Mike Evans. Uh, I really like Mike Evans in this spot. I think Jameis Wilson. Jameis Winston has a rapport with Mike Evans. Uh, Cam- 
uh, uh, Justin uh, Austin for Severian Jenkins got popped for DOI. He got dismissed from the team. So the tight end position is now Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait. Yes, Cameron Brait. So and in this game, um, he likes throwing to the tight end, but I don't think he's going to be a, a big uh, user in the offense. So it's Charles Sims as definite flex and probably an RB2 in here. It's Mike Evans as a uh, – most people got him as a wide receiver one. He's probably a wide receiver two in, in this position. Who you like in this game? Uh, I, well, I'm I'm going to start off what I don't like. Look, I, I I get what you're saying about L.A. They need to be imaginative and stuff like that. I, I totally understand that from a schematic and strategic perspective. But this guy, this is how he likes to coach. He absolutely I believes that he can win like this. I mean, I know. this is the guy – this is the guy who had Air McNair, and he yep. just he 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 ruined that man's career. He really did. He really did. I, I absolutely think that this guy makes my stomach turn upside down <laughs> when you think of offense. When you think of offense, because he is absolutely opposed to offense. It's like it's like he hates offense. He just yep. wants to put out a. He just wants to go out there and put a defense on the field. That's it. That's all he wants to do. I mean, you bring in a guy like Casey. What is, is Casey Keenum? Did, was, did, was he a DJ back in the day or something? <laughs> this dude is terrible, man. I can't stand this coach. Yeah, I hear you. I, I really can't stand him. Now, if he was a defensive coordinator, I'd love him to death. He'd be the right. second coming of uh, what's that? That Ryan father, Buddy Ryan, Buddy Ryan. Right. He'd be the second right. coming to him. But other than that, I can't stand him, man. He's just absolute, an absolute joke. And watching him on uh, NFL uh, or with uh, uh, Hard Knocks, this Hard Knocks, year, yeah. I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely can see why he is. Why his teams are so marginalized? I mean, they just they just never do it right. They don't mm-hmm. never do it right. And I feel bad for this young and that he that they drafted. He gonna ruin his career. And the guy Gurley, he gonna run him to the ground. Yep. The ground. This mm-hmm. guy probably he, he Gurley. If if he don't get out of there, he gonna he, he gonna be running. He's going to be around about 1,200 times by the end of next year. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. I No, no. But other than that, I, I have no idea who to pick in this game. I'm going to lean towards the Buccaneers because I don't mm-hmm. like Jeff Fisher. I just like to see him right. lose and his defense yep. get torched. Just think, just think about this, Mikael. Jeff Fisher – and, and and Sam Bradford, how many chances have they got? They've had millions of chances. Yep. They've yep. had and, many chances. And I yep. mentioned it to you, I think, last week. L.A. Mm-hmm. is not going to go for that. Nope. They ain't going for that out nope. there in Lipstick City. They This team is now a, a $3 billion franchise. Oh, yep. They're not going for that. 
They nope. want that flash. They want to. They want to throw the ball. They want. They wanted to look pretty with lipstick. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It ain't sure. gonna work like that. Tell me about it. It ain't gonna work like that. All right. The you next game. We, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And he didn't have the 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 tools, especially the quarterback position, to win. And you got a question. They picked up golf, and and, and the, all these other rookie quarterbacks have been playing, and golf has yet to be uh, takes the field as a starting quarterback I mean, going into the, but, going but, the third game. But Jerry, even if he had a quarterback, it ain't gonna do nothing. It ain't gonna do nothing. I've seen well, I've seen that before. He had a, 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 a once in a lifetime quarterback ruined mm-hmm. him, ruined him, mm-hmm. ruined him. And then he had what Sam Bradford? Get out, miss me, miss me. I'm done. Well, was, I'm done. Check, just check, just check who he's had. He's had Steve McNair. He's had Vince Young mm-hmm. and Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. what, what, what's that telling you? So, uh, and now we've got this Jared Goff, who, who they say is, is uh, going to be a franchise, but he has yet to hit the field. And Carnson Wentz, who they passed on, looks like he's the real deal um, and, and uh, uh, looks a hell of a lot poised uh, for a rookie. Um, versus Jared Goff, who was inactive the first week. Not he wasn't he he wasn't just um, sitting back there just taking notes. He was inactive. wasn't even dressed the first week. And, mm-hmm. and I think he, if I'm not mistaken, the first and second week. So what's that telling you about the thought process and the evaluation process they have with this guy? That they yep. have the, the their number one pick that they moved up to get. And he he hasn't even hit the field when you got all these other rookies, for whatever reason, or number two pick, who who they decided to go with, uh, playing and playing relatively well, um, and, and and basically they're playing well because of what did you say? The coaching, coaching, coaching. 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 So coaching. yeah, so we'll, we'll wait and see. When Jared Goff is going to make his his um, in quotation marks first start um, in the uh, uh, NFL, if if at all, if at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's move on to a, a division rival, NFC West. T- two teams face each other: the Seattle uh, Seahawks, who are coming off a loss from the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know how the hell that happened, but it happened um, against the San Francisco Forty Niners. Uh, Thomas Rawls is not going to be starting. Uh, he's dealing with uh, injuries. Uh, and uh, Christian Michaels, who has play, outplayed him. And I talked about this in preseason, people, and I talked about it before that, that Christian Michaels is going to make a name for himself, that he's he grown up, uh, um, he's dedicated himself to playing, uh, to being a, a, a bona fide running back. He's got a, had a ton of talent. The only problem was, was between the ears and he seems like he's gotten himself together with that. And, and now he's going to be starting against the San Francisco 49ers team. And I expect Christian Michaels to be an RB1 today. He's able to run the football and catch it out of the backfield. Um, I think uh, uh, um, Russell Wilson needs to go. They need to go back to that formula, rub, running the football and being able to give more room to 
Russell Wilson in more time because this offensive line, they've had a problem since last year in protecting Russell Wilson. A lot of the plays Russell Wilson makes is from out of the pocket scrambling because he doesn't have enough time to make the plays within the pocket because of this offensive line. And that would help if they would be able to run the football. And Christian Michael has been running the football a lot better than Thomas Rawls has. And that's why he's getting the start. And I think as long as he plays well, Thomas Rawls is going to sit on the sidelines, whether he's healthy or not, and watch and be a change of pace back for Christian Michael. So I like Christian Michael to be an RB1 today because they're going to use him early and often. Um, Doug Baldwin, maybe a flex. I, I, you really can't trust Doug Baldwin. I know he likes throwing to him. I'm talking about Russell Wilson. But um, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not believing in, in, in Doug Baldwin uh, enough. But uh, I think he'll, he'll definitely be used in the flex uh, along with uh, – um, in a tight end position, if you're stuck at Jimmy Graham, I think they want to get Jimmy Graham more involved. He's a big target, uh, and, and he's very athletic. As he gets more and more into the season, he's going to get more and more um, healthy and, and um, uh, more comfortable with coming back from this injury that he had. And, and I think they're going to be wanting to he, they're going to be wanting to use him more um, on the San Francisco side. I think you got the best, just like you did last year, of Carlos Hyde in the first season. I mean, the first game. He balled out in the first game, just like he did last season. And then he was sporadic at best from that, from that point on. Uh, I think the best weapon that they have uh, on the um, San Francisco 49ers is Vance McDonald. Another guy that you, you can use in the uh, tight end position. Um, that's Blaine Gabbert, who doesn't have a big arm. Favorite target is uh, Vance McDonald. Uh, don't be surprised if you, you still have this play that Blaine Gabbert is is, um, is uh, not too long before Colin Kaepernick takes over. Colin, Colin Kaepernick's more athletic. Colin, Colin Kaepernick um, is a, probably a better fit for Chip Kelly's offense. He just has to get more um, more reps uh, in the practice and, and um, uh, healthier, all right? And as the season goes on, um, I would think Colin Kaepernick is going to probably take over for Blaine Gabbert and be a better option in that Chip Kelly offense. What's your thoughts on who's going to win this game? Uh, I'm going to go with San Francisco. San Francisco. But uh, I'm not – I'm I'm still not sold on Chip Kelly, and uh, the general manager of San Francisco needs to stop being a general manager or, or start being a general manager and stop trying to coach this team because yeah, everybody everybody with any kind of football sense knows that Colin Kaepernick can run this Chip Kelly offense better. It's probably mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Chip took the job anyway because he knew that Colin Kaepernick was going to be there, and now all of a sudden Blaine Gabbert is a better yep. quarterback in Chip Kelly's offense. Miss yep. me with that. Please yep. miss me. Yep. Yep. I'm, not going, I'm, I'm not going for that. So, uh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick should be starting pretty soon. I, I, I don't know. I guess they, they want to just continue to 
to lose and continue to flail around with with Blaine Gabbard. I mean, that guy is awful. Yep. He is awful. I mean, he yep. he's not even uh uh I wouldn't even call him a a, a four star backup quarterback. He's more like a two star backup quarterback. He's yep. the guy. He's the guy you bring in after uh, your quarterback is suspended for four games and after <laughs> your backup quarterback is gone out with a shoulder injury and after you bring in the rookie. That's when you bring in Blaine Gabbert. That's exactly right. when you bring him in. Yep. But uh, uh, Seattle, they are sorely missing that beast. Mm-hmm. They need a beast. They need a beast what? back there running the ball. And their offensive line is just disgusting. It's mm-hmm. just terribly disgusting. I have not seen an offensive line look like that for uh, for that boy Russell Wilson. It, 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 no, it's not going to work. You're not going to have that little dude right there being run, you know, running for his life. He doesn't make bad decisions, you know. But still, but as you know, you, you've got to give him opportunities. You've got to give him opportunities. He's not Superman, but he's he's really good, but he's not Superman. All right, let's move on to the next game, which would be the um, <clears throat> excuse me a four a four late four o'clock game, a four twenty five game. The New York Football Jets visiting the Kansas City Chiefs uh, without, <laughs> without without Jamal Charles. Um, Spencer Ware is going to be a running back. You know, I know this is a good Jet defense, but this is a very good back in Spencer Ware that can run the football and, and catch the football, just like Jamal Charles. And I'm not calling him Jamal Charles, but he's very close. Facsimile. Facsimile. He's a close comparison to uh, Jamal Charles. Uh, um, and Jamal Charles is still trying to get back from his ACL. Who knows when he'll get back? Um, I like Spencer Ware, the running back one in here. I think he's going to be doing uh, quite a few things in this uh, against his Jet defense uh, at home where they're comfortable. I see him getting into the end zone. I see him catching the ball out of the backfield. So that means he'll, I see him getting about 17, 18 fantasy points, maybe more, because the Jets, have, a, have uh, even though they're eighth against uh, running back position, they're they're 30th against the wide receiver position. That means they're weak against um, uh, uh, passing game. And Spencer Ware can be used in a passing game. Uh, and and uh, uh, I like Spencer Ware to be huge in this game uh, because both teams like to run the football. And, but I think that the um, Kansas City Chiefs are going to get the best of that. I know you got Matt Forte, and Matt Forte is on pace to get 470-something carries, uh, touches, which is absolutely ridiculous, and a 30-plus running back is not going to be able to sustain that. Um, I like Jeremy Macklin and Travis Kelsey because of the fact that the Jets are, are, are can get torched on the back end of the defense. On the other side of the ball, I don't like Alex Smith uh, in this game. Um, even though I said that they can get, get torched, uh, he's going to get he's going to get a um, a uh, pass rush that's going to be a problem. Just like the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get a pass rush against the uh, uh, New York Jets. Uh, Quinton Unuma, okay, uh, is probably going to get um, 
a lot of touches in this because the concentration is going to be on Eric Decker and against Brandon Marshall, who's dealing with a knee issue um, and foot injuries. And it may be limited if he plays at all uh, or only be in a snap count because of factors of his de- dealing with injuries. Um, so Enuma is probably going to be who's been showing out the first two weeks of the season. And this is the third week against a decent offense, a defense in Kansas city that they're going to be need to use them. I, but both of these teams like to run the football. Both these running backs are going to be used in the passing game and running game. Both of them are RB ones in my opinion, because I think they're going to be effective in, in on for both teams. Uh, and Eric Decker is going to get a lot of use and Eric Decker is used to playing against Kansas city. Remember, he was in Denver, and he was effective playing against Kansas City when he was with Denver. So he knows the Denver, he knows uh, he knows the Kansas City defense, and he knows the uh, guys, the personnel against in Kansas City. So uh, he can work uh, his magic in getting open against Kansas City. Who you like, Denver or Kansas City? In this, I mean, excuse me, New York Jets or Kansas City in this game? Well, what's up with these teams that have great wide receivers? And no quarterbacks. And I know, right? Teams with great quarterbacks with no wide receivers. Right. Why do we keep getting that? I don't Why know, do man. I don't that? know. Yep. I mean, like, I, I, I like the, I like Brandon Marshall. I like him. I like Eric Decker. I like them, but they have no quarterback. It's like ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. Then you got. Uh, Alex Smith on the other side. Now, he, he he can be a good quarterback. He does the right thing, but he ain't got no arm. He got no nope. arm. I, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? I haven't seen no. it. I haven't seen it at all. Sporadically. But, um, sporadically. I, yeah, sporadically. I think uh, he's being well coached. They maneuver him around. They, You know, whatever they ask him to do, he's able to do it. They don't ask him to do anything ridiculous. So, this game is a toss-up. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go with where they playing at in New York. KC. Oh yeah, I'm going with Kansas City. Okay, speaking of toss-up, and you probably say the same thing with this this matchup. It's in uh, Indianapolis, uh, the San Diego Chargers versus Indianapolis um, the, uh, um, Colts. Uh, Philip Rivers is the play here. Indianapolis is one of the worst defenses, and I don't understand this. I don't understand it. You got a defensive head coach with a, a quarterback like Andrew Luck with weapons on the offensive side of the ball in, in, in the passing. Uh, you got an older running back who's, who's been showing decent, nothing outstanding. Um, you got Dante Moncrief who's out with a uh, um, fractured – uh, uh, scapula for four to six weeks. Um, and Antonio Gates, who dealing with a hamstring, is not going to be playing. But uh, perfect environment inside Indianapolis. They're going to be throwing the football. You got in, on one side uh, the Colts, and they're going to be throwing the football. So you play Andrew Luck, okay? Andrew Luck, because this is a passing offense, it's going to be throwing the football. Okay, going against a defense that is not too good uh, in the quarterback position. 31st in preventing fantasy, fantasy points in San Diego is. 29th against the running back. So Melvin Gordon is going to have a huge day. 
uh, Philip Rivers should have a huge day. Um, and the tight end position. So um, Antonio Gates is not a, not playing, but Hunter Henry, um, who is the uh, uh, replacement rookie tight end, uh, should have a decent day against this putrid. I mean, this is one of the worst defenses in in the league, and that's one reason why Andrew Andrew Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Luck has to throw the football because the defense is so bad. And I don't get this. You got a good deep, you got a good offense with a very good quarterback in Andrew Luck, a defensive head coach who, who, who hang, hang, hung his hat on the defensive side of the ball. And in the offseason, I'll keep saying this week in and week out because uh, it, it boggles in my mind that you don't shore up your defensive side of the ball. I know you got a whole bunch of DBs that are hurt, so that they're going to throw the football a ton, meaning San Diego. And I told you about this guy last week or two weeks ago, whatever, Tyrell Williams, who's going to take the place of Keenan um, Allen. And I still believe that they throw the ball to Travis Benjamin, but the big target, Travis Benjamin is is not a big dude Uh, in height and stature wise. Uh, Tyrell Williams is like six, three, six, four, somewhere around there. And, and, and the uh, Keenan, almost a Keenan Allen clone. Okay, I expect him to get a lot of uh, targets and targets, equal opportunities. I see him getting into the end zone. I see Hunter Henry. They like throwing to the tight end uh, when they get in the um, red zone. And I see Hunter Henry getting into the end zone. And um, Tyrell Williams um, with a lot of catches and uh, accumulation yardage. And Melvin Gordon going off against this Indianapolis defense that is nowhere to be in, uh, uh, nowhere in sight. On the other side, Dante Moncrief ain't there. He, like I said, he's hurt. Philip Dorsett steps in to take his place. And um, uh, I see him uh being a wide receiver three or four. Let me put it that way. T. Wild Hilton, I see him getting double digits. He's a wide receiver two, three, somewhere around there. Um, these, and I keep on saying this, and I'll say it again, man. Uh, teams that have big time tight ends like Antonio Gates don't seem to be able to play a defense against that position. So what's that saying? You Jack Doyle, who's been a darling of the tight end position. Uh, and Dwayne Allen, who is a very um, uh, versatile tight end, can block and also catch the football, are going to play big roles against San Diego, who's 30th against preventing fantasy points in the tight end position. Both of those guys, in my opinion, are good options if you are hurting in the tight end position. Um, who you like in this game, man? This, is a, this could be a toss-up game also. No, this is an easy one. I'm okay. going with San Diego, straight up. They're okay. going to they punish these boys. But, you know, I, I, I said it to you before, and you could you asked the same question. You know, the thinking behind what they're doing with, with the Colts is the whole Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning type of thing. You, 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 you get a good coach that is a defensive coach, and then you have a great quarterback, and 
you know, that's supposed to be the thinking, but that has gone awry. Problem is, is luck is young. That's one. Two, Pagano doesn't have enough pieces to even play around with. And he ain't, I don't, I mean, I like Pagano, but he ain't on Tony Dungy level. He He's not. Mm-hmm. Let's just, mm-hmm. let me just put it out there. He doesn't right. have a defense that the whole league is emulating that he created. You know what I mean? Tony Dungy yeah. has that. Right. You know, he had that. So he he could have that. He could do that type of stuff. You can get away with that with a coach like that, but no, no, no. no there's more. <laughs> there's too many more variables that's going on there. And plus, right. it's been done already. What the NFL continues to show, and I don't understand why it's such a copycat league. But like, once something is done, that's it. You can't use it again. It's over because everybody else is going to copy it and figure it out and, just, and you know, do all types of stuff to it. So, I don't know. It, it, okay. I don't think it's working over there. They, they, they've got to figure that out. They really got to figure that out because they are about to ruin that boy's career. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and all they need is a de- defense, man. All they need is a decent defense, and, and those, that Indianapolis team will be dangerous. Dangerous, mm-hmm. and yeah. and for some for some for some reason they don't want to um, put the pieces in place to make a de- decent defense. It's, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. They, they didn't in the off season. They, they didn't make enough moves, uh, in my opinion, to shore up that defense to to make it any kind of respectable. And that's just going to hurt the uh, uh, the effectiveness of the uh, offense, especially Andrew Luck. That's crazy. Expect them to put up 20, 24, 30 something points each game because the, the defense can't can't won't be won't be able to show up week in and week out. Anyway, let's move on to the battle of uh, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh versus Philly, uh, with the young Carson Wentz, who's shown to be the better of the two first two draft picks quarterbacks so far. Um, and, and, and uh, uh, a feather in Philly's cap pick, picking this kid over Jared Goff. Uh, and it picked him second versus being the number one pick. Uh, going up against the one of the um, potent, most potent offenses in the league in the Pittsburgh Steelers in Philly. Philly fans are going absolutely uh, crazy about Carson Wentz. I think he's the number two. I think he's number two in Jersey sales or something like that. Crazy. Anyway, um, I think he's somewhere around there. Uh, and within the top five, I know that. Anyway, Ben Roethlisberger and D'Angelo Williams and Antonio Brown, do I need to say to play them? No. I'm not even going to go there uh, and play them. Uh, so those are the three um, principles in, in Pittsburgh that it's a no-brainer. Uh, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and who I think should play. You should play here. Um, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are 22nd in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. 16 against the wide receiver, 23rd against the running back, and 11th against the quarterback position preventing fantasy points. Carson Wentz is probably going up against the most potent offense um, to date 
uh, that he has to deal with. Um, does he need to put, put as many points on the, on the board as the Pittsburgh Steelers? I would think so. Uh, and uh, is he capable of doing it? Well, he's in the friendly confines of Philadelphia. So uh, Jordan Matthews, a lot of people were skeptical about whether Jordan Matthews would be effective, and Carson Wentz has make it, made him uh, effective. Uh, throwing um, dimes to him week in and week out for the first two weeks, uh, he's definitely a play in here. Um, he's a wide receiver too, and definitely a flex play in, in Jordan Matthews. You're going to go to him early and often. He likes throwing to Jordan Matthews. I'm talking about Carson Wentz. Uh, Ryan Matthews, I am not a huge Ryan Matthews fan. McCallum knows that from the first time he walked into this league. I thought he was an accident waiting to happen. And for the first few seasons, he has been. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten hurt up to this date. Uh, <laughs> and this is only a third game into the season. But I, I'd have to say that maybe Ryan Matthews has grown up a little bit because he was, he was a lot more durable last year and has carried over into this season. Um and he's able to take care of his body more, uh, much better than he had when he first got into the league. Uh, and I see that he, he'll he'll just just get into the double digit uh, fantasy points into this game. Uh, who do you like in this uh, uh, matchup, man? Without a doubt, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Without a doubt, without a doubt, I'm heavily leaning. I'm heavily thinking about changing the top of my jersey from burgundy to black. Seriously. Oh, I really? really love – yes. Yes, man. I've always loved the Steelers. As, as I've grown more into the man that I am, I like them. They play football. They don't have cheerleaders. They have a black coach. What's not to like about this team? Oh, my God. But – uh. I'm going on and on and saying that because I got some friends that I, I visit periodically in the suburbs of uh, Philly. I absolutely, <laughs> dis- I absolutely disdain the Philadelphia Eagles and okay. their fans. They okay. make me sick. They are so delusional. Like, there are four teams in the NFC East, three of which have three or more Super Bowls, and there's one team that does not have any, any. That would be the Eagles. The Eagles. They are delusional. They absolutely think they are winning. Think they are sick. And oh my God, I can't stand them. I I, I, I can't wait to watch this game. I'm gonna celebrate this this the uh, pardon my uh, my language this ass whooping that they yeah, get. You say that? I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna be celebrating this one. Celebrating this one. And I'm going to call all my, fr- all my friends out there in the suburbs of Philly and talk mm-hmm. pure trash. Pure trash. <laughs> okay. Yes, indeed. Well, 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 this is another team that uh, uh, I know you despise, too. Uh, is playing the 830 game. I don't know how these guys got the 830 game, but they're playing the 830 game. The Chicago Bears are uh, going to the big star in um, – in Dallas, playing the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott and company. Uh, Jay Cutler uh, is not playing. Brian Hoare is going to be a starter. Alshon Jeffrey was limited on Wednesday, held out a practice on Thursday, and then was li- limited again on Friday, dealing with a sore knee. Talking about a guy that can't seem to stay healthy 
um, and they let Brandon Marshall go, and they and they kept this guy who can't seem to stay healthy, now Sean Jeffrey. Uh, he's expected to play, but is questionable, and um, don't know how effective he'll, effectively he'll be in this game. All right, now let's go to the Chicago side of the ball first, and I'll make this short and brief. I don't like playing Alshon Jeffrey. I've never liked this wide receiver. I know he's got a lot of ability, but he can't <laughs> seem to stay, he, but he can't seem to stay healthy. And you can't display your ability if you're not available, if you have limited availability. So I don't like Alshon Jeffrey in this game. I like Eddie Royal, who seems to be more uh, suited to the type of uh, quarterback in Brian Hoyer, who's a pop gun, gun arm quarterback. And Eddie Royal can be a guy that catches the ball short and have a, a, a decent yak yard after yard after the catch, uh, and that's the type of player he is. Um, I know they have a, a guy, this, and this is another guy. Maybe it's inherent with the Chicago Bears because they got two big wide receivers, but both of them always are nicked up, can't seem to stay healthy. One who was a rookie last year in Kevin White, and he was out all last year with a, uh, a, um, a, a tibia, lower leg injury, and back this, this year, and he still got – uh, injury uh, um, problems uh, and, and seems to, I don't know if he, if he's caught up, you would think that he's had a whole year to, to understand this offense. And he's only had three or four catch catches per week. Um, and I don't think see him doing too much this week against a Dallas defense um, who's 19th in, in preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position, 12th in running back, and 21st in quarterback. And 29th, another team that's got an all-pro, a Hall of Fame uh, tight end who's weak against the tight end position. But I don't see the Chicago Bears taking advantage of that, that with Zach Miller or Kevin White. Um, I see Jeremy Lankford, who's been struggling, now, I'm telling you people, and I'll tell you again, and I'll tell you over and over again, if you don't have it, if you got room on your roster, Jordan Howard is going to get some play in here. Jeremy Lankford has been inconsistent, and even though he's scored in both games, um, he's had 28 carries for 85 yards for a three-yard average. Worst He's only had three catches for 12 yards. Now, this is a team that used Matt Forte in so many different ways, including into the uh, um, receiving position. Um, so I would see that uh, Jordan Howard is going to get more in play. And, in fact, there's a possibility, in my opinion, that he may take over the uh, running back position because he's been more effective running the football and playing that running back position than their so-called lead back in Jeremy Lankford. On the other side of the ball, now Dak Prescott has been playing decent. He has, he's, he's yet to throw a touchdown. Um, he, he rushed for one last week. Um, he, he passed for two, over 290 yards uh, against Washington, um, but he, finally, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet. I see him running the football against Chicago. 
Uh, Chicago's got a decent defense, 14th and 10th, excuse me, 10th, 14th, and 11th in preventing fantasy points, quarterback, running back, wide receiver position. Um, so I'm thinking that Ezekiel Elliott should be able to get it, a century mark here and get, get it visited into the end zone, so should Des Bryant. Uh, Dak Prescott is probably going to give you double, double digits for um, Jason Witten. Uh, maybe not a visit into the end zone, but uh, give you 10, 11 points for Jason Witten. Um, but other than that, who you like in this game, Mikal? Uh, I, I like the Cowboys. Uh, and there's four billion reasons why this why this this game got <laughs> put on the, the uh, on Sunday night uh, game. Um, I, I, dude, I like that boy Dak Prescott. I like him. Yeah. Yep. He is nice. Rookie quarterback. Yeah. Rookie quarterback. quarterback Doing his thing, man. He he looked real good. I I like him. I like him a lot. Um uh Alshon Jeffrey, I I I I just don't think that he is a number one wide receiver. He I just don't see it. He's got all the ability to be a number one, but he just can't do it. He just yep. can't do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. And uh, oh my God, I don't want to get started on Jay Cutler. I'm, I, I just, <laughs> I, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, he's he's tough, man. He's a tough pill to swallow, man. He is. I, I saw the body language, and, and, and uh, I mean, I mean, come on, Jay. I I don't know. And that's another guy. That's another guy. Another quarterback. For whatever reason, everybody makes all kind of excuses for him. Uh, for one reason or another, and he gets all kind of chances and all kind of passes. But and I know people hate to, to describe him, but I, I, me not one of them. As another Jeff George got a cannon for an arm and, and a P for a brain. Uh, and uh, yep. I, I, I just come on, man, come on. I, I mean, yeah. he's yeah. been in the I'm, league. I'm he, he's been in the league for so long, and. Everybody's saying the potential is there. Potential is there. Well, how much more are you going to go with potential when you when you see what you get? He is what he is. Right. He is what he is. Nothing more, nothing less. He is what he is. And uh, you're not going. He's not going to magically be somebody who he's not. If he hasn't done it, he won't do it. So, um, it, I. It boggles me. I just shake my head when I say when they, people start talking about Jay Cutler and how much he can do when he hasn't done it. So it is what it is. Anyway, let's move on to the Monday night game and the last game of the week, uh, which I think is going to be a, in my opinion, a shootout. Both these teams like to sling the football around and have weapons to do it and the quarterback to do it with. Uh, I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons visiting their division rival, the New Orleans Saints, and fireworks are, are, are to be abound. I see uh, Matt Ryan going against a New Orleans defense that likes to give up big plays, 28th in preventing fantasy points in the running back and wide receiver position, 12th in that same preventing fantasy points, and 8th in the tight end. So what are we going to do here? Let's run the football with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and let's throw it to Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. 
and I think you're going to be a formula for success. Now, I don't pick winners and losers. McCall's going to give you who he thinks is going to win and lose this game. But I'm telling you right now, if I, in his opinion, it don't, it's not a lock. I'm just saying that. Uh, Tevin Coleman, um, who's uh, – I mean – the coach, the coach of the Atlanta Falcons said it's going to be a running back by committee. So you don't know who's going to get the best. But in this situation, both these guys can be used as running back twos and definitely in a flex. They're going to be used sparingly in the passing game, mainly in the running game. And Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, who was the fantasy darling of the running backs last year, are going to be, be used often, early and often in this game. And then Julio Jones, who happens to be Matt Ryan's favorite target, even though he's dealing with um, a, a, a calf problem, he was able to practice on a limited basis on Saturday and said he would in no certain terms be ready to play. So I, I have to take the man at his word, uh, and I expect Julio Jones to have a big game. He's a no-brainer to play. Let me put it that way. Uh, going to the New Orleans Saints um, and Drew Brees, who – is his, 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 the, the, the thought of his demise is graciously graciously uh, overstated. Um, throws for over 300 yards in here. Likes to sling the football around against a defense that can't stop, can't get out of its own way. Now check this out. Atlanta, 30th, 30th, 20th, 31st. Quarterback, Running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. So, what do you think? What do you think Drew Brees is going to do? What do you think the New Orleans Saints are going to do? Anything they want to do. Let me put it that way: they're going to be able to run the football. You put Mark Ingram in there; he's definitely uh, RB two with possibly RB one uh, um, stamped all over himself. Uh, Brandon Cooks is going to be able to run wild, even though, even though supposedly. They have improved their pass defense, especially in the backfield, uh, defensive backfield with Marcus Trufant and company. I still believe the group breeds playing at home where he definitely balls out the best. He's going to get the ball to uh, Brandon Cooks. Willie Sneed, I think, is dealing with a, um, a uh, uh, lower leg issue. Uh, he's a game-time decision, if I'm not mistaken. So be careful about waiting for Willie Sneed. I took him out of my lineup because I saw the reports that he may not be playing because of uh, problems that he may have uh, with an injury. Uh, but, but in that case, Michael Thomas moves up uh, on my, on my uh, depth chart and will be used early and often. This is Drew Brees. He's going to pass the football around. Everybody's going to get a taste. Even Kobe Flinner is going to get a taste, who's been absolutely horrible the first two games, is going to get a taste in this in this uh, 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 attack, and it's going to be an aerial show in New Orleans. Who you like in this game, man, before we close this show out? Ooh, this is going to be a, a nasty game, but I'm going I'm to lean towards the Saints. I'm going to lean towards the Saints. I, um, you know, I like Drew Brees, even though, you know, Kyle Shanahan is still running that offense over there. But uh, I don't know, ever since he's got there, you know, Matty Ice has just been just that, Ice. <laughs> <laughs> he has mm-hmm. been real cold. Um, right. Yeah, so I'm going I'm, I'm to lean with the Saints. I'm going to go with the uh, Saints. Home team. Okay. That that makes sense to me, the home team. Uh, 
<coughs> I forget what the record Drew Brees has as being a home team, but it's it's uh, um, strong strong record. All right, people, uh, um, we've come to the conclusion. Hopefully, uh, I've given you some insight on what you should and shouldn't play. Some duds, studs, and waiver wire pickups, and, and some sleepers I've, I've given to you. Um, tune in next week, um, same time, same place, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Where I'll be doing the same thing for week four, with, which will be the first of uh, several bye weeks. The bye weeks start next week. Um, tune in. Um, Macau, before you got, we get out of here, you got uh, something that you want to close out with before we leave. Dude, we got you and I got a whole lot of conversation to be to be doing. I'm sorry, a whole lot of conversing to be doing. We got a debate coming up. We got yep. a we got a uh, we got a quarterback taking a knee and starting stuff all over the all over the world. We got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, bro. Oh yep. my god, yep. I got okay. catch you. I might okay. have to I might have to throw a show on just so we could just ham it up <laughs> for real. Okay. No problem. A lot going on, bro. No problem. I, I you know, I, there's no problem me me throwing a show up there, man. And and uh, if I have to do it in the middle of the week or or um, whatever, we'll do that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I have to wait and see how this goes. I may even do it this, um, th- this Thursday. I may even do it this Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'll be in contact. I I I, I got your info, so I need. To, I'll be in contact to see which way I want to go because I want to see what happens on Monday. Then we can go from there. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I mean, this Bama talking about bringing Jennifer Flowers to the joint. I'm like, crazy, man. Lost his mind. Yeah, Ugh. man. Yeah, man. Down and down and dirty, man. It's getting to the gutter time. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Getting to the gutter time. Yeah, it, 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 the prim- I mean, the, the election can't come soon enough because that's when the Clintons do their dirt. Yep. That's when they do their dirt. I mean, you mm-hmm. you know, uh, Trump can do all this maneuvering around right now and doing all that, but when the election comes, that's when their dirt going to come out, when they start really, you know, handing it to them. Because, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Clinton has like 51 offices in Florida open. Trump has really? like one. Yeah, Trump has like one. And in the last election, uh, Obama had something like 102, and Romney had like 41 or something like that, and mm-hmm. Obama took the state, you know. And mm-hmm. that's part, that's that's one of the things that's going on, you know. Uh, Trump is not he is not playing political battleground. He, he's not. He's just playing the battle of theater. That's it. But mm-hmm. he's not. He's not doing anything on the ground, and it's amazing to me. And uh, I'm just fascinated to see what what actually is going to happen. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, people. Uh, we come to the end of the show. Like I said, um, tune in Thursday uh, where we're going to um, have a Thursday show, the FSP Crew Show. Uh, you never know what's going to happen um, on a Thursday show. Uh, just like you never know what's going to happen for the most part on a master plan on Saturday, uh, Sunday, 10 a.m. Uh, we got three shows, two of them I host, and you never know because uh, I, it's a fluid situation with me. Um, and, and it always has been. So 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when the FSP crew show is available on Thursday. Uh, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time 
in the afternoon is the FSP show, co-hosted by myself, hosted by Victor Gardner. And uh, quite naturally, like I said, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is when the Sunday show, The Master Plan, airs. And with that being said, enjoy the rest of your day. Mikhail, you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Um, There's going to be a lot of good football games on. um, And I'm going to try to catch as many as I can to see what's going on in the fantasy and reality. So um, enjoy another crisp uh, or not fine Sunday afternoon. Um, See you guys on Thursday. And it's all the way Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up.